You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. You have to be comfortable being vulnerable. You have to allow yourself to fall into that awkward, goofy moment and be okay with it because nobody learns anything. No one becomes spiritually awakened in a comfort zone. Hello and welcome to Drinks With God, a podcast about alternative theological experiences, death, and life. All of the following content is based on each interviewee's own personal experiences and is meant to be educational, not confrontational. So welcome to a super on-the-fly episode of Drinks with God. I'm going to be doing a very uh, super off-the-cuff um, episode here, yeah, um, with Sienna. I'm very glad to finally cornered you, even though you're in the middle of sewing. I know, I know, you finally did it. I, it's not that I didn't want to be cornered, it's just that the schedule is chaos. Well, you're running two businesses. Three. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're well, run- technically four. You're, yeah, you're running every business on Long Island, and... <laughs> I think I might be. Yeah, and not only that, but like you're clothing all of your students. That's right, that's right. If you hear that sound right now, that num 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 that is not my cat trying to eat. That num 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 is actually my sewing machine. Because we are performing at the Witch's Ball this weekend up in Sleepy Hollow. So, of course, costumings have to happen. And because I love my girls to have um, handmade costumes, that is what's happening. Yep, and that music you'll hear in the background is, in fact, from her students practicing. Because we are not at a... uh in my car or at someone's house or at my house. We are actually at the studio where she and her belly dancers perform. But it's not just belly dancing you guys do here. What else do you guys do here? We also do pole dance, circus, and aerial arts, which is going on in Studio A right now as we speak. Middle Eastern and African drumming, American classic burlesque, um, and some various and sundry down low programs. <laughs> all sorts of things um but in particular oh and there's a puppy you'll there's hear a puppy. there's a puppy there's all sorts of chaos happening i love it um so but in particular i wanted to make sure that we got a little bit of insight into what you knew all about the world of sufi could you just explain to us a little bit about what that is in in very, very brief terms, a Sufi mystic is um, a very early form of Islam. In fact, most um, anthropologists and sociologists and historians believe that the Sufis predate Islam. And some, um, some Muslims don't even um, acknowledge Sufism as a form of Islam, although technically at this point they are. Um, originating in and around the Turkish area, um, they used spinning and tracing the sacred spiral until they were in an altered state of being as a way to communicate with God and pray and develop visions. So it's almost like, um, as opposed to a very sort of, 
I would even call it like a passive meditation, but you know, um, very oh, calm, very super, super active meditation. It really is, because you have to be spinning. You have to surrender yourself to that feeling. You have to um, accept being dizzy, although... Um, you know, it really, some people say that they get dizzy when they Sufi and some people don't. Um, we do a, a modified Sufi practice in how we do our quick spinning here. Um, and although it's nowhere near as powerful as what the Sufi mystics do, uh, it's still a very powerful experience for the girls who actually practice it. Uh, including myself, I've done meditation walking the sacred spiral quickly in a spin and, um, and then you fall down, and that's okay, too. <laughs> but it really is. It's a, it's a fascinating experience. And, um, you know, did you ever, when you were a kid, did you ever spin yourself around so fast that you fell down, and then you laid there and watched the world turn, and you just felt connected to something otherworldly? Yes, that whole, um, uh, w which comes with, like, almost the vertigo-y feeling, mm -hmm. and just kind of, like, trying to regain your balance and while you're doing that, you have to stop. It's like forcing yourself to take a deep breath. Yeah, and it's, a, it's an amazing feeling. And it's an altered state. And um, a lot of people in the ancient world and even today have used substances to, you know, uh, like we're supposed to be drinking or getting high right now. Yeah. And Norm <laughs> normally, yes. Normally we would be at least two drinks in before I'd start the press the record button. But I don't drink, so I can pretend if you like, but another way to develop that altered state of being is to spin um, and to swish around the fluid in your inner ear and develop a, an altered state of being. It's a little bit more of a temporary high, but it's a high nonetheless. And uh, I know there's a couple different things that are uh, similar, too. Um, could you speak to any other kind of dancing that would do a similar sort of thing? Are there any sort of trance dances any dance can be a trance dance. Any dance at all that you can take it into a trance dance. I mean, if you've ever been to a rave, even if you're not taking ecstasy, which I never have, but I've been to raves where people weren't taking ecstasy. And the music itself, the rhythm, the vibration, the energy, and the movement of the body, the repetition, that heartbeat. When you're in a, in a place where there's a lot of techno and you do that, that beat, 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 beat. Um, you get into an altered state of being. So that dancing becomes a trance dance. Um, and in that vein, any dance, any music can induce an altered state of being. In fact, you know, historically speaking, we have always used movement and music for altered state of beings, as well as prayer, as well as spell work, any of that. I mean, Think about it. Native Americans had dances to bring about the rain. They had dances um, in, in Africa for war and for celebration. And, you know, we dance for ritual all the time. First dance with a husband and wife. Um, all of this can be an altered state of being. It doesn't just have to be specifically trance dance. Anything can become trance dance. Sex is a trance dance. To dance between two people as intimate as it gets. To go back to the idea of just um, repetitive movement um, until you um, just kind of like go into a meditative state, you could see that even in um, just monks' walks. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't even necessarily have to be um, a specific dance. It could just be like the movement, the circular movement, just going round around a circle. Concept of the the spiral labyrinth and walking the labyrinth until you get to the center where you can meet your ancestors. Um, is as well 
you know, the concept of the repetitive movement for prayer and trance. It's really a very ancient practice all around, and every culture has it. Everyone. Um, and how specifically did you get into specifically Sufism? Was there something that um, sparked your interest in it? Well, I'm, I'm Turkish by heritage on my father's side, and um, I love to spin, and I've always loved to spin. And I remember being a child and watching a live demonstration of the Sufi mystics spinning and their coats coming up. And in my head, I remember watching it, and in real life, it was happening in real time. But it slowed down into infinitesimal movements in my brain and in my vision as a five-year-old. And it happened to me in slow motion. And I remember thinking to myself that just watching this felt like prayer. And, you know, at that time, I was a young child in ballet and just learning spins. I've been a dancer since I'm three years old. And, you know, ballet was my first exposure and you learn how to spin. And it was my favorite thing to do. And if you watch my dancing now, if you watch the solos that I do, there's a lot of spinning incorporated in them. Uh, and I try to teach it to my students to the best of my ability and the best of their ability because not everyone is capable of it, inner ears being what they are. Um, but my first exposure was a very, very young age. And I, I have always been very moved by dance. And so it was just a natural progression. Was there any uh, specific um, influences in terms of a dancer that was a, specifically a spiritual dancer or someone who incorporated Sufism as a specific influence into their dance um, as you were working? I don't know a specific person. I cannot give you a name. Right. Um, but it was visuals yeah. from a young child and watching that and, and practicing it on my own. And, and it wasn't just the person that captivated me. But the energy, the the absolute peace and calmness that came over their face as they were doing it, you know, that glow that came out of it, the beautiful circle skirts that flew up and looked like uh, datura flowers, you know, the trumpet flowers, and they would come about, and, and the visuals were striking. And, you know, the costumes were always very bright colors. And, you know, and I remember watching these men, and I've never, I had never seen women do, you know, Sufi dance. I'd always seen men do it as a child, and then getting into cultural dances and starting belly dance when I was 18 um, and watching other ballet dancers get do their fortes and get very, very fast and learning how to do that um, segued into trying the practice for myself. And for me, it, it wasn't so much a Sufism or being doing Sufi movements equated to spirituality so much as dance for me is prayer. You know, I am a pagan. I am a recovered Catholic. I went to Catholic school. I went to Catholic college. And I, you know, I found, um, I don't want to call it Wicca. I do that for the uninitiated because a lot of people don't understand when you say pagan um, that you're an eclectic pagan. They don't, they're like, what? But if you say Wiccan, people understand that. Um, so that has become my catchphrase, although I'm not specifically Wiccan. I am eclectic pagan. Um Dance is prayer for me. Dance is my connection to the goddess. Dance is my connection to uh, everything that is me. Uh, I'm a. It's a very sensual art for me. I get in touch. I I get to to be in touch with my body and my mind at the same time, 
Um, dance for me is a lot of mental masturbation as well as outward spirituality and being able to lend that energy to other people and give that energy out. It's a, it's a psychosexual experience for me and it equates and boils down to prayer. The being able to spin uh, in a meditative trance-like state is just a bonus. Very cool. And actually, I think that because I know I've got one or two hangers-on listeners that love to send me uh, hate mail, just as a jibe at them specifically, I'd like to hear your own personal thoughts on the idea of masturbation not being a dirty word, especially in the idea of active prayer. I love the idea of masturbation as active prayer. In fact, in most Eastern religions, in Taoism and Buddhism, and Confucius even, uh, and other Eastern religions, Tantra, um, the, the perfumed garden in early Arabia, all you know, practiced the, the meditation. In fact, I uh, have been involved with the Om meditation, which is orgasmic meditation. In fact, um, Om meditation used to have a, uh, a lot of their meetings here uh, at the studio because this is a very sex positive place. Um, you know, sexuality is a very meditative state. You need to be in an altered state to have sex with somebody else. With yourself, it is self-communication. It's discovery of the body. It's, it's catharsis for the mind. It opens up pathways of circulation in the body that lends itself to uh, a healthier state of spiritual well-being. Um, just think of the word, what you hear the puppy, <laughs> the word masturbation itself is a, such a sacred word. You master of your own soul, master of your own self, you know, you know, self pleasure, self exploration. These are the things that you need to do in order to be in touch with God. Think about that. I mean, if you can't be in, if you don't know who you are inside and out, physically, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, psychically. If you aren't in touch with yourself, how in the world can you be in touch with your deity? How in the world can you connect to the universe? That is just a, a part of a very deep, deep, primal self that you need to know. Masturbation is healthy, it's normal, it's natural, and it should not be taboo in any way, shape, or form. Very well said. I know and that's me as a sex educator. I am a licensed sex educator, and that's a lot of my personal practice. So. Oh, yeah. No, I was inviting you up onto that soapbox. <laughs> it's, it's my – I love that soapbox. Grab me that soapbox. I will sit on that soapbox with a vibrator. <laughs> as you should. <laughs> we all should. Everybody, everybody would be a much happier person. Think of all the wars we could solve if everyone, if everyone just stopped and said, you know what, I think I'll rub one out. Yeah, vibrators, yeah, not bombs. Right. She agrees. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thumbs up from the peanut gallery. That's right. <laughs> um. But back to specifically, like, dance. Absolutely. Not not as a euphemism. <laughs> but it is, too. I mean, it, it really is. It definitely I mean, is. If you talk about the physical aspect of dance, you have to connect it to everything else. Because there's not a single dancer on the planet who just sees it as working your body out physically. A dancer is a dancer in the round and dynamic sense. Which means that dance is why you live. Dance is what helps you breathe. Dance is where you retreat to when your heart is broken. Dance is where you retreat to when you're sad. It's where you emanate from when you're happy. You know, there. it's such a spherical word <laughs> that you can't separate it. Um, 
and it's I think it's just the fact that the spiritual side of it is so mostly overlooked. So many people separate the spiritual from something like dance, something like art. A lot of people think about art as serving a sp- the spiritual, not the, not the other way around. I've always, as someone who does all the arts, and I mean, I do all of them. I am a singer. I am an actress. I am a painter. I make costumes. I'm a designer. You know, I, I, and I'm a dancer. Dance is what moves my soul the hardest. Um, and it really is the redheaded stepchild of the arts world. <laughs> and there is a reason for that. Um, because people throughout history have always equated the physicality of dance with sex. Now, do I mind that? No. Does it bother me? Not at all. I, I truly believe that there is that deep connection. After all, I've also been a stripper. You know, I dance, you equate, you know, dance, exotic dance, erotic dance. We still equate that with, oh, what does a ballerina do when they can't get a job? Well, they're a stripper. You know, <laughs> one, that's not true. But if it is, if that's what they desire to do, then absolutely. But dance has always been kind of relegated to that sexual realm and therefore dismissed as not as poignant as the rest of the arts so to speak even though all of them touch on that anybody can paint you know a sexualized painting and there's nothing wrong with that it's been happening since cave paintings in France you know you know uh, the the Venus of Willendorf which she sits right here with me you know she's a she's a sexualized piece of art but dance is, it can turn people on. I, when I dance, I turn myself on, you know, and that is why I think it's not always as recognized because we have a tendency as a puritanical throwback society, particularly in the, in the Western world, particularly in America. If you go outside of America and you go to Europe or you go into the Middle East or you go into places where you know, dance has always been a part of the culture in a cultural sense. You can't go to Greece without doing a grapevine at a wedding. You know, everybody dances. The old folks, the young folks, everybody, everybody dances. In America, you go to a wedding, half the people are sitting down and only the teenagers are up bopping to maybe some rap and sometimes you get some of the baby boomers up for, you know, Chuck Berry. So we don't see it in the same way here. I think that's changing. I do. I think it's changing. And in terms of sexuality, it's changing? Or in terms of the openness of finding the spiritual outside of an institution, is it changing? As an institution. Because before you can even find the spirituality in it, it has to gain more momentum as a legitimate art form. And of course, people see dance as a legitimate art form. Otherwise, the you know the ballet would go out of business. You would not be able to see the Nutcracker at at uh, Lincoln Center. You wouldn't be able to go see a Broadway show and have people dancing. So it has legitimacy, but in limited quantity. Uh, for example, and this is goes get this comes out of the realm of sexual and spiritual, but it's very poignant for dance. How many, how many of your listeners have said to their parents, I want to be a ballerina or I want to be a dancer, I want to be this to their parents when they were a kid, and their parents said, well, that's nice, honey, pat them on their head like there was a good puppy, puppy, and told them, well, now you got to go to medical school or now you're going to go get a real job. I own a dance studio, a thriving cultural art center, and my mother still doesn't think I have a real job. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? That she whole there, play. that whole there is no money to be made in art like there fallacy. There isn't any money to be made in art unless you are, you know, Rachel Bryce, who's like the most famous belly dancer of our time right now, or you are, you know, a very famous singer unless you are a famous actor. And how many people are famous? Very few of them. You might make enough money to survive. Well, there's a difference between fame and being able to, like, get a paycheck. I don't get a paycheck. But everything we get here goes back to the art, and we give a lot of charity. Um, you, don't get, you don't get rich owning a dance studio. You get to pay for your dance studio. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have nice people who help you buy dinner. But Well, if you go to medical <laughs> school, all you get is debt and lawsuits. Mm, not necessarily, but you definitely, if, if you're a good doctor... You'll be able to pay off the debt, you know, relatively soon, especially if you're in a, in a field of medicine that they need, like neuroscience or something like that. Um, believe me, if, if I could have had my druthers, I would have been a mathematician instead of an artist. But my heart, you know, was here. My heart was never in math. In fact, I really don't math well at all. So <laughs> if I did, I might be making more money. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it but going back to dance itself in order for it to be recognized as a more spiritual endeavor yes it needs to be more recognized as a legitimate endeavor you know not just oh isn't that cute they dance oh yeah she takes her little ballet class oh yeah he takes that cute little hip-hop class and aw. Yeah. You know, it has a tendency to be dismissed. Singing is taken more seriously. Theater and acting is taken more seriously. But the legitimate thing is that if you want to be in theater, if you want to be in, you know, competitive in the arts, you need to be a triple threat. You need to sing, dance, act. And dance is a part of that legitimate, you know, artistic trinity. There's no getting around that. Once that occurs then all of a sudden you will see it become a much more spiritually viable concept. You know, there are whole churches. Like, there, I, I lived in the Bible Belt for a while, <laughs> Wiccan in the Bible Belt. But I lived in the Bible Belt, and there were Baptist churches that did a lot of trance dancing. You know, they would jump up and down and sing, and, and people would, you know, it was very evangelical. And, you know, that's, that's a form of dance, even though they said dancing was evil. They were still dancing, you know. Eh, you know, there's a lot of perspective involved as well. You know, anybody I know who dances professionally, it's hard as shit, man. It's hard to make a living. It's hard to be t to taken seriously. It's hard on the body. It's hard on the mind. And we do it anyway because it's where we find God. Absolutely. Very well said. I think we took uh, more than the whirlwind tour that I thought yeah. I was going to be able to steal you for. Um, is there anything, any words of wisdom, like, specifically you'd want to impart to somebody who's looking into... Um, diving into dance or maybe even trying to stick with dance um, as specifically like looking at the spiritual side of it I, I have I have something for both of that if you are looking into dancing um, you have to be comfortable being vulnerable you have to allow yourself to fall into that awkward goofy moment and be okay with it because nobody learns anything no one becomes spiritually awakened in a comfort zone nobody and I have so many people who walk into my studio, they they don't get it on day one. They think that they're going to be a professional belly dancer in one hour. And when they can't get the isolation, they're like, no, all right, this is great. I'm out of here. And they give up. 
because they're afraid to be vulnerable. They're afraid everyone's going to look at them and go, oh, who's this badass or whatever. That doesn't, one, that doesn't happen here. And two, it shouldn't happen anywhere because you hold that strength inside. So if you want to dance, fucking dance. If you want to dance, you walk in someplace, you own it, you be as awkward as shit, you have two left feet, you walk into the mirror, and then you get up and you do it again. But the end of the day, you're not going to learn you're not going to grow unless you walk out of that comfort zone and stay out of the comfort zone. For someone who has lost their passion for dance and want to come back into it, and I know because I do this for a living, and just like any job, <laughs> there are days where I'm like, why do I do this? Why the fuck do I do this? And then I realize that dance for me is life. It's breath. It's heartbeat. It's blood flow. It is... It is everything. Watching, dancing for an audience and, and seeing the joy at watching me dance. Sharing the inspiration that, you know what, a middle-aged chubby chick can do this, feel gorgeous, be sexy, and do this in public, and you can do it too. Being that inspiration is what I live for. And I know that sounded a little Ursula, but it's true. <laughs> it's what I live for. You know? But no, absolutely. And, and you, have to, you have to get up every day and know that the dance is in your heart. Because if it wasn't, you'd be like everybody else who didn't dance. And that's okay too. But this, this is special. And uh, for those who want to be able to find you or um, find your studio or reach out to you, is there um, a good way that people can reach out to you? There's Would you want them million. to? million. Absolutely. I want everybody to reach out to me. Uh, my name is Sienna, and I own Tribal Dance Long Island. The address is 26 Vernon Valley Road in East Northport. The number is 631-754-0385. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram under Tribal Dance Long Island. And absolutely on the web at www.tdli. That's Tribal Dance Long Island's initials. Long TDLI Studio.com. Please contact me. Get in touch. Let's talk about your path to belly dance. And I'm absolutely going to put those links in the show notes. Um, and if you have had an alternative theological experience or can provide an in depth view of mainstream religion, please email me at drinkingwithgod at gmail.com. That is drinking with an ing. And please find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, subscribe to us on Podbean and iTunes, and please uh, visit our Redbubble page and buy things that like t-shirts and stickers. They say things like, ask me about my death anxiety, and life is short, eat the whole fucking cake. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all, and stay weird out there. Yeah.